Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. I'm Jeff Onan. And on this episode of the conversation, we are catching back up with Sea of Thieves. It's been it's been a spell since we had our last Sea of Thieves catch up episode where we look at the season that either recently completed or is starting to wind down, and we reflect on all of the changes, both dramatic and minor, that were introduced to the game. And these end-of-year-into-early-next-year seasons always feel super long uh, and super nebulous as a result, because I I feel like... Whenever something coincides with the holiday season, it, it just makes time stand still because you're you're busy with all of life, you know, everything you have to do for yeah. the holidays. And and then meanwhile, you know, Sea of Thieves wants your attention. It's like, hey, I'm over here, you know, focus on me. Twitch drops. Here come the Twitch drops. Pay attention to Sea of Thieves. Rare, rare loves you. Rare loves you more than your family. But... I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying it feels like we've been neglecting Sea of Thieves, but it, we really haven't. This this season has just felt super long. And it's also March now. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Actually, so this came out season eight. We're talking about season eight. Season eight came out on November the 22nd, which means that in the course of history, it's probably like the biggest thing that ever happened on November 22nd. Right. Not including... The launch of the Beatles' White Album, November 22nd, 1968. The release of Donkey Kong 64, November 22nd, 1999. Or, you know, The Birth of Me. Hi. The premiere of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Well, that was November 23rd. That was the day after Kennedy. Oh, it, it got... Did it get pushed? Be, I don't remember the story. Uh, JFK was blown away, but Billy Joel didn't really fill me in on the rest. The next lyric yeah. should have been about Doctor Who, but he... right. He excised that. This is actually the first, this is the first time I've ever thought negative about Billy Joel. He, <laughs> he screwed the pooch. Oh, no. Well, that's that's the second time I've ever thought negative about Billy Joel. He shouldn't be doing that with dogs. Yeah, uh, he screwed the pooch like in that movie Oliver and Company. <laughs> Off to a great start, Jeff. <laughs> 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 not really a joke so much as just referencing a thing that existed. All yeah, right, yeah. Sea of Thieves. No, no. Before we get into Sea of Thieves Season 8, which we will be getting into a plenty, I do really quickly have to plug our merchandise store, Jeff. Well, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Because here's the thing. We launched our merchandise store not on November 22nd like everything else, but we launched it in February, and been around for a month now so we have new shirts yeah we we introduced two new shirts the last couple of days we've got the old school shirt which is a collegiate style t-shirt it, uh, making people think you went to a place called kong college <laughs> you know uh and uh you can buy that now you can also buy the idaho crew t-shirt for our Tuesday night streamers on twitch.tv forward slash dkvine. It's, it's, it's our good friends housed up in a compound in Idaho. They're, they're not a militia. 
They're just some video game loving nerds who live and love and discover new things on our Twitch channel every Tuesday. And you can get their t-shirt. So uh, make sure you head to dkvine.com forward slash merchandise or just search for us on TeePublic, who we have... uh, we, we have set up a shop on, and TeePublic's a great company, Jeff. I am astounded by the quality of our t-shirts. They, they come in the mail, and I wear them, and they're super comfy. And it's just, it's just amazing that I can display our own awful nonsense on my person wherever I go now. You should make commercials. You, yeah. Like, you're like, it comes in the mail, and I wear it. Yeah. It's you, true. You, you know exactly what to say. I'm not speaking lies here, and that's the problem with Madison Avenue. They lie to you. With me, you get the unvarnished truth. It comes in the mail and you wear it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Shirts. Buy the shirts. Now, we are about to launch into some Sea of Thieves discussion. And, and Jeff, keeping up with Sea of Thieves is full-time work. You know, here at DK Vine... Our go-go lifestyle means that I can't always be kept abreast on on Sea of Thieves news, especially when I have to focus on shit like the Super Mario Brothers movie. And now we've got a Donkey Kong Lego? Oh my god, how am I supposed to keep up with Sea of Thieves? But luckily, that's where you and Dre come in with Golden Sands blog post. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Golden Sands blog post is a blog whose name is becoming increasingly irrelevant in the <laughs> Sea of Thieves canon. Uh, but you can go there. It's on medium.com slash golden hyphen sands hyphen blog post or dkvine.com slash golden sands blog post. You can also find it on Twitter at golden sands blog. And basically you can go there. We write up guides and tutorials and just news update posts keeping you up to date with the stuff that goes on in Sea of Thieves. Like... Uh, like Twitch drops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, the Twitch drops are the most irritating thing because it'll be like, oh, this weekend, Twitch drops. You have to watch, I don't know. Pick so- your favorite bearded man. Yeah, you know. so many bearded men to choose. That's not true. They're not all bearded Bastard men. Beard, bastardly be- bearded and, and uh, beer, beard apocalypse. All, all the bearded men. Beards for my horses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I might, <laughs> I might, I might squat on that one for a while. <laughs> All right, yeah, it'll just be another URL I'll register and I'll I'll give that <laughs> one to you. Yeah. So yeah, well, if you're at Golden Sands blog post, you're probably trying to keep up with Sea of Thieves. But speaking of Sea of Thieves, that's what we're going to keep up with, catch up with, talk talk up up, up with about today. Well said. So yeah. Yeah. We've got segways. We've got Sea of Thieves season eight to discuss, which, as we're recording this, is just starting to wind down. I think season nine launches when the sixteenth, March. So th- uh, March sixteenth. Yes. Today's a Saturday. It launches on Thursday, so Wednesday will be the last day for season eight. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's over. Basically, it's, it's dead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still. Ongoing. We didn't even wait for it to get cold. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's in hospice care right now, like Jimmy Carter. Oh, don't, oh, no. I, I, yeah, no, it's well, sad. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. Yeah, we're going to get hate mail for that one. Let us know <laughs> in the chat. So anyway, I'm just saying, though, Jeff, that 
season eight is technically, you know, you, you boot up Sea of Thieves, you'll still be greeted with the title screen that says season eight, but there's not going to be anything new. There's there's nothing more to be said about season eight that can't be said right now. So Sea of Thieves season eight, as you said, launched November 22nd, just like a bullet from the grassy knoll or the book depository. Yeah, George H. George H. W. Bush is the guy that shot him. <laughs> the, the opinions of Jeff Onan in no way reflect the broader opinions of DK Vine. I I, I want to say right now, there the, all the JFK conspiracy theories. I used to believe in them. I don't anymore. My new theory is that um, Lee Harvey Oswald is the guy that shot JFK, mm. but he was acting in self defense. <laughs> <laughs> You've been saving that one for a while. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so launch November 22nd, the big new feature of Sea of Thieves Season 8 was the new on-demand PvP mode. That's right, the Battle for the Sea of Thieves. As that's, it, that's what they're calling it? Called it. Okay. That's, yeah, that's what they call it when they call it. But yeah, so... The Battle for the Sea of Thieves is essentially, um, in a narrative sense, the two major factions in the game. The factions representing uh, the Servant of the Flame, which is Captain Flameheart and his philosophy of, of how the seas should be run. The kind of cutthroat pirate life, you steal everything and, and prove that you're the best. Uh, and then the opposite faction being the Pirate Lord... Uh, and the Athena's Fortune, the, the Guardians of of Fortune yeah. is their faction, and they represent kind of more about um, uh, freedom, but in a, like, common good, like, we have to unite for the common good so we all can stay free kind of sense. Um, yeah, so anyway, but the that's the narrative of it, but the gameplay of it is that you can represent one of these two factions and enter into on-demand player-to-player ship combat at mm-hmm. any time while sailing around in the adventure mode of Sea of Thieves. That's right. Which and- is different from the arena, which was its own mode, and that's gone now. This is more, as part of your session, more organic to it. Yes, and it's different than just being attacked by a random crew uh, you know, while you're playing, or attacking a crew while you're playing, if that's your preference. Um, th- this is more structured. This is more um, set within parameters, guidelines. There are rules to this. And in a way, it becomes a spiritual successor to the arena, but incorporating it into the broader gameplay and ongoing narratives of the game. So in that sense, it's a huge step up from the arena or at least what the arena became as it slowly eroded over time yeah and and the the great thing about it is that so uh you have to opt into it you basically we have a new thing on the ship uh at the captain's table called the hourglass of fate yeah and you you go up to the hourglass you set it to choose the side you want to align with and you're not permanently locked in like to pick one side forever uh, as your character, you can every session or even be- flip flop within a session, change which faction you're representing. So you pick the faction, you then vote as a crew to opt into the battle, and then uh, you either can vote at the war map. There's this map on the table now, 
that you go to it and you basically can vote to enter matchmaking. Uh, and that is going to take you to another server and spawn you right next to another crew that has opted in to take part in the battle. So there's none of this... I mean, you could still sail around and find a random crew and go and attack them. That's always still a, an option. But this mode is like, we can get you a fight right away, and it's going to be against someone that opted in and wants the fight. So it's, yeah. there's a bit of a consent to it with that. Um, or instead of entering the matchmaking and going off to find another ship, uh, you can wait for them to come to you. And then you'll be the one that gets attacked by a matchmaking ship. Yes, yes. And can I just say really quick that the captain's table, uh, the, the desk in, in the captain's cabin is now so cluttered with garbage because you've, <laughs> you've got this hourglass on there. You've got the war map. You've got any other uh, voyages or quests you might be embarking on. And it, it, I mean, my own and desk. The captain's, the captain's logbook. Captain's also. logbook. So my own desk here in my office is cleaner now than my desk in Sea of Thieves. Uh, do beer cans count? <laughs> uh, no, I no, I, I think beer cans are, are probably, for you, an essential part of survival, so therefore... They're decorative. So it would be like, you know, oh, oh, oh no, I'm getting skin flakes everywhere. Well, you can't help that. You know, you're alive, and, and Jeff, you're, you're just a natural alcoholic, so you're just gonna be shedding beer cans. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm Midwestern. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so when you when you do opt in to enter the matchmaking, you you sail your ship out to sea and then dive beneath the waves in a very dramatic fashion, and then through, you know, through some manner of magic that the pirate lord or Flameheart uh, puts on you. You dive and you go underneath the ocean and you get to you get to sail through this underwater channel through the ocean before you it'll it'll it's like a loading zone. Yeah. And then you'll match make against another crew and, and then you'll rise up out of the waves and you'll be on another server and you'll be in the vicinity of the ship you're in a battle with. But that underwater channel uh is cool. It is for as far as like loading rooms go, it's at the very least, visually interesting, and you you can take a look around because it's it's a different environment than we've ever seen in Sea of Thieves. We've obviously gone underwater. We've we've you know traversed the sunken kingdom of the Merfolk and the Sirens and everything, and there's sunken ships. But here you're actually in this channel, and you can look around and see down ships in the distance. You can, if you're lucky, you can see. The megalodon or kraken swim by, and yeah, it, it, I especially love when I see the kraken because outside of that one tall tail where you battle the kraken, yeah, uh, you normally never see the kraken's body; you only see its tentacles out of the water, right? So when you see one swimming in the distance and you see its whole body, it's just such a cool like monster, like a creature design that rares come up with for it, yeah. And while you're down there, you know, you can take stock of any supplies you need to get on your person. You can discuss strategy with your crew. You can psych yourself up or you can just, you know, play shanties and drink grog or, or you know, whatever you need to do to, you know, boost your 
your rogue faction for captaincy if if that's your jam but it it's i think a better system than say the arena where you're just all waiting in that giant legends tavern which was or not legends tavern but the sea dogs tavern which was cool the sea dogs tavern was cool but it got a little bit old when you're in there for 40 minutes waiting to get you know paired up in a in a match and it would at least here you're on your own ship or your friendship and you're you're just um the matchmaking is quite a bit faster, it and is. I think well because it's just trying to find one ship to pit against one ship, and versus in the arena it was like, well we need to fill a lobby with five ships that are all ready to go at the same time. Yeah, for a twenty-four minute match. Yeah, um, and then the population that was playing the arena dropped very dramatically. So it's like, well, it's it was always hard to fill a lobby. Uh, the matchmaking in this is quite a bit faster and has been improved as the season went on. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, you're, you, I think the longest we've ever been under there is what, 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah, and some a lot of times you'll go in there and you'll be under a minute. Yeah, because because that, that was before they introduced um, same faction matches. Like just That's the, right, yeah. Just yeah. like the... I guess we'll get into that, but the, the game introduced a way for factions to fight each other that makes narrative sense, but speeds up matchmaking if there aren't any available uh, Reapers if you're a Guardian or Guardians if you're a Reaper um, at the ready. Then right. this this pairs you quicker. So, uh, yeah, but it, it's cool. And then you you rise up once, you, once it locks you on to a crew on a server that you're going to fight. You reemerge on another server um, I mean, not within a narrative sense of the game, but just mechanically speaking, you're you're entering another Sea of Thieves server, and then you 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 attack the crew, and I mean they're ready for you because they'll they'll get the warning that you're coming, and and then it becomes a very structured uh, fight where you you have all your tools at your disposal that you brought with you, but you're within a set boundary to fight. You can't leave the the confines of the fight you can't take the fight all over the map of the sea of thieves you have right. to stay within this uh, little sector uh or else you will forfeit yeah yeah the the battle boundary is important because i mean being able to run in a battle really draws them out you know like yeah. if oh, if, yeah. if we oh, if yeah. we if we got into a fight and then we took a lot of hits and we're just like all right just turn away and we'll sail away while we repair ourselves and then get ready to eventually turn around and come back. Like that would make a battle take so long, but yeah, no, it's, it's all good. Um, it, you even, if you're, you know, if you're strategic enough, you could even board the other ship and force them to sail to the boundary, mm-hmm. um, as a way of like, but I think you don't get as much, uh, points for that or something. Um, but yeah, as you do this, you, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And I think the key thing is that that loser who, you know, the one who is defeated, their ship sinks, uh, they are then server migrated away to a fresh new server next to an outpost where they can stock up and, and start afresh and continue their session. Um, but the crews are separated from each other. Yes. You don't have... Sometimes in in the the more organic battles you can get into, uh, 
you sink a crew, and while they're all going to try and board you now and just try to take you out with them, or they're going to, you know, if one of them can get on board and keep your anchor down, the uh, the other crew, the rest of the crew's already at their respawn ship sailing back to try and do it again, or, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting a fort, and they want to sink you, and you defeat them, but they can just keep coming back and coming back, and it becomes a war of attrition. Yeah. In this, it's like, no. One of us won, one of us lost, and the loser moved to a new server where they can start afresh, and we we don't have that just never-ending uh, sunk cost thing going Literal on. Literal sunk cost. Yeah, I think that that is the big draw of it for people like me or Cameron who maybe don't really like some of the nastier aspects of the the natural pvp that can occur in sea of thieves that feeling that whatever your plans are for that day will now be out the window because this crew has it out for you or you you do get sunk and then you have that like lingering resentment or just bitterness from the experience because uh, if you weren't, you know, trying to pick a fight, then this crew sinks you, you're still on the same server with them, and it's just like, well, what do we do? So this basically says, all right, that's it, you're separated, uh, goodbye, and you can brush it off immediately, you know, um, win or lose. It's a refreshing feeling not to have to worry about them, and that's, I think, the biggest innovation to PvP combat with this system, with this on-demand system. Now, it can still happen in the natural course of gameplay. You can still get attacked by another crew. We have a plenty this past season, you know, encountered other crews who aren't participating in the battle for the Sea of Thieves, and they're just they're just after you because that's just the way they play the game. But I, I think there is this draw of doing it within the confines of these rules of progressing your reputation with the guardians of fortune or servants of the flame and ultimately it's it's bringing some of the best elements of the arena or those early show floor builds of sea of thieves like e3 2016 it's bringing those into the structure of the actual gameplay giving a narrative reason for it to exist and i i think it at the very least when it was launched it was refreshing as hell um as has gone on, I, I've had some issues here or there crop up, but I don't really know if that's anybody's fault or just the way these things naturally shake out. We can get into that. Yeah, so as you as you play, you win or you lose. Uh, as you win fights, the hourglass that you have on the ship will fill with sand that represents it's increasing its value. You gain hourglass value, and you actually go on winning streaks and the streaks act as like kind of a multiplier of your value. And then uh, you can build up streaks. If you get to streak four, you become a faction champion, which marks you on the map for everyone to see. Mm. Uh, and also it allows you, if, if you were a smaller ship, like a sloop, and you went on a four-win streak, you, you have the option to vote if you want to go and fight even bigger ships than you. Um, if you're a champion, you can do that. Uh, and the other thing is that if, like I said, you don't have to go looking for the fight with the matchmaking. You can opt into the battle and then just wait for someone else to matchmake to you. And when you do that, you can go about your business doing PvE if you want, doing forts, doing quests, doing anything you want. 
and gathering treasure, and then you build up something called a treasure grade, which is basically another form of a multiplier that if you have a ton of treasure on your ship when you get attacked, if you manage to successfully defend it, you gain a lot of uh, value for doing that. Um, and so there's all this stuff, and then you know when you win a battle, you could go and choose to cash in what you've earned, uh, or if you want to play risky, you can choose to enter another battle uh, or wait for another battle to come to you and just keep going for those win streaks. Um, so that you know, that's kind of the risk and reward of it. Yeah, and and I don't think I've ever gotten to the that point where I'm on a winning streak of four. <laughs> this no, never happened. We're 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 not so risky. We're always like, holy crap, we won two in a row. Well, let's go cash out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Because yeah, I I don't like to press my luck, uh, especially because I've never won more than two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did want to say something because you said a second ago, um, leveling up your reputation with the factions. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say, all of this, you know, we talked about the hourglass value and, and building up streaks and cashing it in. Why would why do you care about, why would you do these things? Why, why do you care about the hourglass value? All of this feeds into a new progression system, mm-hmm. uh, which you can level up in the factions, like you said. Um, but it's actually, it's not, it's not reputation. Leveling up in the two new factions is called gaining allegiance oh. with the faction. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. it's yeah. I, it's okay. hard to keep track of all of all this. Right, listen. All this right. is it's 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 it, I'll, I'll break it down for you. You are gaining allegiance with a faction. That's not to be confused <laughs> with gaining reputation with a trading company. A faction's not a trading company. Uh-huh. It's got nothing to do with trading companies. Uh-huh. You can't acquire a letter of recommendation like a trading company uh-huh. or gain a promotion from a trading company. Uh, it, nor, nor is it to be confused with gaining renown for the season, or gaining favor with the bilge rats, <laughs> or unlocking a commendation. Nor is it the same as gaining value as an emissary. All right. It is also not to be confused with reaching a milestone through captaincy, whether they be ship milestones or pirate milestones. Though it should be noted that progressing in these two new factions also unlocks milestones in two new captaincy alignments okay but allegiance isn't and it's not any of that it's 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 not reputation recommendation promotion renown favor commendation value or milestone it's allegiance it's a new it's it's its own different thing now nothing speaks to the freedom of a pirate's life more than having to keep track of it with spreadsheets (laughs) i well you have to really feel for the development team who are just getting a lot of work out of the the thesaurus in the office. Um, Just like, what's another word that means good? Uh, (laughs) Damn, we're using them all up. Uh, But but yeah, so you gain allegiance, you can level up these factions, and then mostly that goes to, I don't know, new cosmetics. (laughs) Well, yes, and and, as you said, uh, the the two new... Um, factions is is that right? Can I call them factions? Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're not trading companies. Yeah, they're factions. Guardians of Fortune and Servants of the Flame. They're they're more like spinoffs, um, thematic brothers and sisters of the Athena's Fortune and Reaper's Bones factions. 
So the, the Guardians right. of Fortune are aligned with the philosophy of the Pirate Lord. Uh, so so Pirate Legends, Athena's Fortune, what have you. While Servants of the Flame are aligned with the philosophies of Flameheart and, and uh, Flameheart's son. So reaper's bones and so so they they are linked to existing uh companies but they are not the same thing it's more like um i am a citizen of this country but if you are enlisted to go to war for that country then you are part of a specific uh military or armed services so it's basically it's kind of like it's kind of like if you work for DK Vine, but you're you're specifically in the Idaho crew. Right. Yes. So, yes. Guardians of Fortune is just the Idaho crew to Athena's Fortune's DK Vine. That's a, that's a stupid yeah. way of thinking about it. But, yes, that's right. accurate. Uh, but, actually, so gaining allegiance does get you some cool perks because you can eventually uh, gain access to two new higher tiers of, uh, of secret hideouts. Uh, yes. Secret hideouts, and you might you might be thinking that you already got access to the secret hideout of the pirate legends of the Athena's fortune, but there's an even secreter hideout. Right, it's it's just like being a rewards member for an airline, and you're like, oh, this is nice, I can drink at the bar, and they're like, oh, but there's a there's a private lounge area if if you have enough points, you can't get to that. And and you grow bitter and despondent over the swill they're serving you at this bar when you know they're drinking the high-priced champagne from the Champagne region of France behind closed doors. Just makes you sick. Yeah, while you while you're drinking champagne from Idaho, uh, but yeah, you can you you can also unlock in each of the factions the, the kind of the end game uh, goal. Not the end game because it's only at level one hundred uh, allegiance, and the the allegiance actually goes all the way up to level one thousand. Um, but the big goal is with each of them, you can unlock a cool curse. You could if you go with the uh, Athena's fortune. Well, they don't call it a curse in the game, but it, it it's under the curse tab of the vanity chest. Yeah, but they call them blessings, I think, <laughs> which is the opposite or, of a yeah, curse. Really, it's the opposite of a curse. They're, yeah. they're blurst. Um, but you you if you go with the Athenas, you can eventually become a ghost, like the pirate lord Boo. Uh, or if you go with the servant of the flame, you could become a skeleton, like Flameheart. Ah, uh, but uh, you and I, Heil, um, didn't get there this season. Oh, I won't get there probably <laughs> ever. The thing is, though, I, I understand why people like these rewards, right? Because, ooh, I can finally be a skelly myself. I can understand why that would be appealing to a lot of people. But it, as somebody who really gets into the character of my pirate, Cousin Russell, and, and you've got your pirate, uh, Jeff the Brash, and I'm I'm actually wearing a t-shirt right now with our pirate's on it that I got from our T Public store. It's our Conversation Season Ten uh, T-shirt, and uh, it's got our pirates on it. But we, we, you know, I, I put a lot of thought and, and consideration into what makes my pirate tick. Uh, not TikTok because Rare won't put them in the game. But I really don't know if my pirate would want to effectively kill himself to become a ghost. I think if, uh, if if I think if the popular kids in Sea of Thieves like 
if if uh, Bell and and Ramsey, if they came up to you and like were like, you're finally one of the group. We're gonna give you the initiation. You have to you have to get hazed. I think you would just go along with it. I don't think you'd be able to to stop it. You would let it happen to you. Oh, which is just because Bell comes up to me and says, "Hey, kill yourself. I'm gonna do it because the hot girl wants me to." I don't know. That seems a little uh, dodgy. I, I like. Yeah, eventually I'll probably go through with this, but I don't know if my pirate's ready to give off, give like give away his mortal body. Also, like, has my pirate like reproduced? Has my pirate had kids yet? Because this is my pirate ancestor, Jeff. So if I go through this ritual, I will never be born. Yeah, um, you're the you're the first and and last person to have that thought. But uh, <laughs> it's so so the thing what people have to, at home have to know. We're, we're talking all about PvP in this episode, but uh, Heil and I, we are the type of players that. We love to sample all of the features that Sea of Thieves has to offer. Mm. Um, but we are not really focused on anyone at any given time, and especially not PvP. Um, but we we enjoy this new feature. I enjoy this new feature. And we did play it a, like a handful of times throughout the season uh, because we want to sample the new features, and, and every once in a while we're in the mood for it, you know? We want to. We're in the mood for the battles, but we're not the type of players who are going to level up through the whole thing in one season because uh, we don't play PvP every time we play, and we don't play seven days a week or yeah. even two days a week. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we're 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 gonna get there, but we're going slowly. It, it's amusing to me because ever since season eight launched, and you know, I I occasionally have to put on other players to get the Twitch drops, and you know. I I I I don't watch them really, but I I put them on and you know let let it play in the background, and they're always doing the battle for the Sea of Thieves. Like this is this is what they do now. Like th- this is what the streamers all do now. Like the popular Sea of Thieves streamers all engage in PvP and and they're doing this mode and they're all like you know at a level one thousand or whatever. Like they, they they got it done because they play seven days a week, twenty hours a day. You know, and so it's just like, wow, you know, like I I could not imagine locking myself into this mode and this just being Sea of Thieves. But to some people, all Sea of Thieves is, is PvP, you know, like they they might not partake in some of the the more ancillary stuff that really excites me. Like for me, season seven was a much bigger deal, captaincy, because I like to... Uh, get fussy about my ship and I get, you know, I, I really get off on like the finer details and Ooh, Ooh, I can put a conquer statue up above my kitchen. <laughs> and I stare at that for 10 minutes and that brings me joy and contentment. I realize though, I am not normal. So this, <laughs> this is a lot more appealing to the broader public who have really bought into sea of thieves and have have made it such a runaway success for rare and microsoft but that being said i really did enjoy this mode uh at least at launch because they in the pitch said you know you will be paired with crews that are comparable to your own skill level like you're you're not going to be matched against these 
uh, bearded individuals who are, you know, stream seven days a week and are really, really good at killing people in the game. Uh, you know, if you're just starting out, you don't have to worry about that. And that seemed to be the case for the first several weeks. And then the new year rolled over. It became 2023. The holidays were behind us. And all of a sudden, it felt like this got a lot more vicious and it got a lot more brutal playing this mode. And we also started getting paired against the same crews time and time again. Like you you would get sunk by crew, you would go out, you would dive again, you would immediately get paired against the same crew. And I don't know if this is an, uh, a side effect of us playing on Sunday mornings or if it's just how the mode has evolved over time, but I got tired getting sunk by the Galleon of Cum. Yeah, we did. So there was this Galleon in... It was called the Galleon of Cum. Right. Because when you look through the spyglass, you can see the name of the ship. And the yep. name on the ship was the Galleon of Cum. Yep. Uh, they, and we, we, we did battle them, I think, five times. In in a in a you know single afternoon, uh, that was a lot. I obviously we reported that name because, I mean, guys, babies play this game, right? You can't babies don't shouldn't have to read the word come. That's just not allowed. We we were sunk by a crew of twelve year olds from Scotland once, and yeah, but those kids those kids are old enough to drive now, Heil. But I worry about their development. How do they? How are they now as, as uh, little little teenagers? Like they they've been exposed to all of these bad influences from Sea of Thieves. They're not going to be productive members of society. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is the video game that really corrupted them. Um, <laughs> but but you know, uh, I think that you you bring up the matchmaking thing, and definitely we ran into some troubles. I I did want to say that I think they've gradually ironed out some of that as it went on and there's one feature that they talked about doing and i'm not sure if they actually have done it or or if they ran into some hiccups and are still in the middle of of getting that up and running but there was this thing about um cross stamp migration and the idea is that in the way that all their servers are laid out um all the servers are organized into sets that are called stamps and so Whenever you migrate from one server to another, you're going to migrate to a server that's in that same stamp of servers. And that means that the pool of people that you can play with is inherently limited to what's in a subsection of the whole population. And they talked about they were working on being able to migrate you between stamps. And then that would open up the pool of players, which would, one, it would reduce the chance that you ever have to see the same crew twice in a row. Yeah. Which honestly shouldn't happen and then two it would reduce matchmaking time because you just have a larger pool of people to get matched with so it should be better i don't know if they got that up and running but they did improve the matchmaking they did what you said before they uh added the same faction battles right so if you are athena's and there aren't very many reapers on the seas they're like well here have a battle with another athena just to own your skills um between each other um, and that increases, ma- improves matchmaking. But yeah, uh, the Galleons of Come did sink us, I think, four times. They they did. And, and you like, I, I think, I, I don't know how we found out that one of them was on something like a 16 win streak, which, you know, probably because they keep getting paired against crews like us who 
we just don't have the the strategy to to take them on. We're not that good. But it got to a point where it felt like, how do I get better at this? Because we immediately like, start a battle and we get sunk within like 30 seconds. And and you don't even have time to react. There, there are you, you don't have any ability to learn or improve if you're just immediately underwater because they're so good, they're so efficient, and they've got so many supplies at that point that you're just down for the count. And so it, it would get frustrating at times. But when the mode works, it is probably the best ship-to-ship combat against other players that I've encountered in Sea of Thieves. Like, on an on-demand basis... It's, it's probably the most refreshing since those 2016 show floor builds. Yeah, I think for me, nothing's ever going to top um, when the arena mode was really like at its peak and you because you'd have that battle, that like sense of the, you know, the structured me versus them. But you also had more of the chaos because a third ship and a fourth ship might interfere in the middle while you're fighting that ship and that chaos i like i liked that a lot and also you do get chaos in this mode too because if i'm fighting another ship and we're inside our battle boundary we're still on on a server with other ships and they can come along they can enter the battle um you know the the storm can come through the megalodon can attack the kraken can show up skeleton ships can come in all of the chaos of adventure mode is in this and so this is uh, very different than arena mode because the they're not trying to say that this is a perfectly fair, non-random, 1v1 competitive game. Like, instead they're saying, like, no, this is the adventure mode. This is all the chaos and emergent gameplay of adventure mode, but with some structured battle rules that allow you to hop into it on demand. Um, which is great. But yeah, I, we had some great battles. We did some great battles in this throughout the season. Uh, when when we got match made with a crew that was like at our level, we we had some like intense battles and we won our fair share. Yeah. I think we had a few streaks there. Um, uh, early in the season, we also had quite a bit of lag though. Oh. Uh, especially you and me. We, yeah. So we are the ones of the crew who are playing on an Xbox One because we are broke. Um, and we're broke. Yeah, we're so broke. Please buy our shirts. Yeah, buy our shirts. It's the only way we can ever get a Series X. Um, but it it was frustrating because you would like hear the ship rising up, you know, cresting the waves, and, and the battle starts, and your screen is just still, <laughs> and, and you you can't move. You can't you can't interact. You can't. So you're basically hobbled then you've got a a four-person galleon and only two people are moving and you know you you would get back into it but every time the action would get hot and heavy there'd be the other ship is nearby there would be the crew boarding cannons firing you would get occasional lockups and it would just hinder you it would be like you know the other crew put in a, a handicap cheat and they have all the advantage so that was frustrating. I feel like the lag issues have been ironed out over time. I don't encounter yeah. them quite as much as I did those first couple of weeks. I think you and I had it the worst, and then there was one day we played where, like, all day long, I was always the one getting just, like, I was basically not in the fight. Like, I, I there were times where I could 
you know, man the wheel, which is most of the time when we're sailing, I man the helm and the rear sail and I kind of call out things and I'll run down and I'll operate cannons. I'll run down and I'll make repairs and bales when I need to. But like, I'm always very much on top deck, um, calling things out and, and maneuvering, mostly doing all of the maneuvering for the ship. And a lot of times I could still mostly do that. But if someone got on board our ship and I had to, I had to swing my sword, it was like I couldn't move. Or if I yeah. wanted to get on the cannons and shoot, it was like I'm totally locked up with lag once I start with the cannons. And there was a whole session where it felt like we were basically three three men and, and one man down. And we still won, like, most of our matches. But it was frustrating when we did lose because I was just like, oh, like we were three. It felt like we were three against four and we didn't lose because – they were better. We lost because of me being lagged out. And even Cameron w- would run into lag, you know, on occasion playing on, on the next gen hardware. And, you know, we got some of our friends, fellow crew members who play on steam or, or whatever, and they would encounter it too. So it's been a problem. I think, uh, across the board, it just, for us, of course, we're always paranoid because we are playing on the oldest uh, least capable hardware as the game continues to evolve and grow we fear getting left behind and so it becomes all the more frustrating when that comes true but i think it's just been a problem in general um getting this this new mode up and running i think they did gradually improve it and um they also did mid-season actually even before christmas before holidays uh they did a lot of balancing uh like the the update came out on november 22nd and then like before they went on break for the holidays, they already had another update out that was doing a lot of balancing and improvements to things. Uh, they they did a lot of balancing to things that like the blunder bombs were kind of overpowered, and it turned into a lot of matches. People were just spamming blunder bombs because <laughs> yeah. it was a great way to just if you knock everyone off the ship with a, a blunder bomb, which is this area of effect kind of splash damage that can knock you into the air, and it could knock you off the ship or whatever people would just spam them and then when everyone when you all get knocked off the ship then then they just sink you mm. um but they kind of bounced those in terms of the the damage they do and the size of the splash the knockback and also how frequently you can find them like how many you can carry in your pockets that kind of stuff they improved the matchmaking they did the same faction battles and oh they they did this what something i've been asking forever like literally been asking since the first year of Sea of Thieves, when you sink another ship, now the supply barrels from the ship that sunk will float to the surface and you can raid those barrels to replenish your own supplies. Yeah, yeah. And that's really helpful because it means you don't necessarily have to run to an outpost or buy supplies from the merchants or the shipwright. You you can just... Uh, plunder what the other crew drops leaves behind yeah and that that's true outside it that's true outside of the battle too that's just a new all through adventure mode that happens yeah um and it, it helps with those battles of attrition that you would get For into sure. where a ship would come and fight you and you'd sink them and then they'd come again and you'd sink them and they'd come again and you'd sink them. And by the third time, you're out of supplies. And then you have a galleon of come. Whoa! Really, though, uh, 
they shouldn't be allowed to be called that. What the? It's not tasteful. The, it's not tasteful at all. Babies play this game. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Like, when you win a match, when you sink another crew, you get the little pop-up notification, like, sunk 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 another ship or whatever and it's just this euphoric feeling like wait we did it we we did it we pulled together we did it and i mentioned when i got to play the game at rare um in in may 2016 like one of the takeaways from that early build of the game was that sense of camaraderie you build with your crew because you know our grandfathers fought hitler jeff and and we argue about comic book movies online. So we don't really have that same sense of, you know, getting in the trenches with with your your uh, your fellow humans and achieving something greater than us. So this is all we have. And and when you actually are victorious, you 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 cheer, you whoop, you holler, you know, you you give each other spiritual pats on the back and it feels great. And and so yes, we got sunk quite a bit, but when we were able to pull it off, uh it was it was the kind of high I used to get from this game that maybe I don't get quite as much anymore because it's been five years since it's commercially been available and we've been playing it since, you know, twenty sixteen, give or take. So yeah, uh I, I do dig this mode. I, I all say too, you kinda make it sound like we have a really bad win-loss ratio. I don't think that we do. I think that we're, like, about 500, especially if you just ignore the times when the same crew sunk us three in a row. Mm-hmm. Because we started giving up at that point. With the When the Galleons have come, I think the second time they sank us, and then the third time we match-made and it was still them again, we just kind of, like, sat still and let them sink us. We were like, I don't want to fight these guys a third time. We're done. Um, but, like, you can tell... So when I get into a battle and a, sh- a crew... A member tries to board us, and they're a goofy skeleton with a bucket on their head or whatever. I'm already like, well, this dude's like level 200 or something. Yeah, we're we're probably not gonna win this one. But when you when you can tell that you're evenly matched, I feel like we actually do pretty well for ourselves in these battles. We do, um, yes, yeah. But it's a great feeling, like you said, when you get that pot. Like when you're really in a tight battle, and it's like your ship could sink at any moment, but you're also keeping up the offense and hoping you pull out on top. And then you, you like, we're all like bailing for our lives while trying to also stay on the cannons and trying to also maneuver and not run into that rock and all this stuff. And then you get that pop-up that you won. It's just like, Oh, thank God. Like, yeah. all right, everyone, let's just finish this bailing this out. And then we'll go and get the treasure. And because the other crew immediately gets whisked away, you do not have to worry about them boarding you or or messing yeah. up your ship. Like at that point, once you get that pop up, you're golden. All you have to do is fix your ship, which at that point becomes easy because nobody's trying to kill you. Right. And that's the worst when you're in those battles, uh, the more the organic battles that, that you'd run into. when if you manage to sink them and then all of them are like, Oh, well, our ship is down. We have nothing to lose. Let's all just try and board them and then make like they'll all come and try to board you. And like you already won the fight and now they're all on top of your ship and they can cause a lot of chaos um, and maybe even cause you to sink. And then it's like a stalemate like you both sunk. But this. Yeah, you're right. Like with this, it's like when the ship goes down, they're still there for a few seconds and they get this little 
uh, sort of image of their ship sinking, and it's like, you lost. Get the fuck out of here. And then they they server merge. They go away. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. That's great. And then you can pick up all their supplies, and uh, that's also good. Thick Jamal was the other one that we kept getting sunk by. What was it? Thick Jamal. Thick Jamal, that's right. That was one of them. Yeah, we ran into some some characters over the times, but uh, you know, uh, that's 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 one of the things I love about the captaincy is just being able to put a name to the other. Here, here's the th- here's the thing, though. I feel like our friend group, you know, DK Vine, Golden Sands blog post, uh, the the rare fan community uh, who have been around for a while. We all we all come up with names for our ships that that have some meaning, like. I, either to our pirates or or whatever, like th- you could actually see a ship would be named after. And other people are just just talking about their their penis size and and what their their penis uh, emits, you know. And it's just like you know, it doesn't all have to be penis related. People, you can, you can name it after something else. I haven't seen a single pussy ship. None. We uh well well we we did have that one name uh queued up for the brigantine but then rare yeah. rare really got uh you know strict about what you could or could not name ships or you know you 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 get in some trouble and we don't want to get in trouble with with rare we also don't want to well you know naming a ship after the uh the late queen of england <laughs> it feels like in poor taste now um We'd have to come up with something like Prince, uh, King Charles' taint or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we're not trying to get banned. We no. don't We do not do that. We're not the galleons of come. They might get banned, but not me. No, we, we, we're, we're, we're good children. <laughs> we're so good. Um, but, yeah, you, you talked a lot of, you said before, you love the captaincy stuff. You like decorating our ship. Yeah. Uh, but throughout this season, they actually came out with, obviously, they're always coming out with new cosmetics in the Pirate Emporium. And they added in all of those little uh, rare heritage-themed trinkets for the ship. Yeah, and and I I was so excited because you know occasionally if you are a longtime Sea of Thieves player in good standing, they will send you surveys. Uh, I I don't know who gets the surveys if if you had to be part of the technical alpha or part of the insiders program, but you 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 get surveys. Hey. The, Sea of Thieves season whatever is winding down. Here's a survey. And and I'm like, oh, goody, goody. I get to share my thoughts with Rare directly. <laughs> what I want in the game. This is fantastic. And, and it's not... I, I know everybody thinks I'm, I'm just, you know, treating this, you know, as a, as a lark. You know, oh, I'm going to put TT in every blank box. No, I actually give insightful commentary. But... Um, one of my suggestions when they introduced trinkets was, hey, it would be great if we could have rare heritage trinkets, like what we, we got in this season. So I don't know if they took my suggestion. It was probably already something they were working on given the turnaround time. But, you know, I like to pat myself on the back and say, job well done, Heil. They listen to you. I, I like it. I, uh, uh, they're cool. I, kind of wish they were actual just like objects like instead of a little like wooden whittled uh squirrel yeah or or a bear uh i would like to have a jiggy you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. a statuette of a jiggy um also the killer instinct one is just 
the letters KI, it's like even less of a thing. Well, I think um, I think they're made out of blades. Yeah, they are. It's like, but like, anyway, it's it's fine. It, it'd be cool if it was like I don't know a Fulgore head or something to put it on the shelf. They, they have to do uh, it in a way that know. makes sense within the the time and the setting of Sea of Thieves. So like the the Baron Bird stuff is all about this. Uh, prophecy of the ancients that prophesized the bear and a bird that would keep an evil witch at bay and so all the imagery in the game about banjo and kazooie is evoked from that cave painting and a lot of the other stuff follows follows a similar route like the viva pinata stuff which we did not get any viva pinata trinkets out of out of this which is weird uh considering but it's called the Paradise Garden set, and it's about the legend of essentially Pinata Island. Like sailors claim they've been there, and there's there's a whole island full of uh, creatures made out of candy sacks, and um, that's that's how they incorporate Viva Pinata stuff. But anyway, yeah. So it's just the the bear and the bird that you know you you can get um, various things for your ship, like the. The figurehead that the Dreadfully Evil uses is the original Baron Bird figurehead. Um, so it, it's just a little statue of the Baron the Bird and, you know, little... Like, I think the weirdest one... You mentioned the KI, but I think the weirdest one is the uh, the Huntress one. It's it just the head of Joanna Dark. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah. her head. It's just, oh, I can put Joanna Dark's head on my desk. Yeah, that one is weird. I feel like... You could have done like the crossed pistols that she yeah. has it in her figurehead. Uh but I mean I I don't really care about having a perfect dark one, so that's fine. No, perfect dark's not DKU. No, I I like the frogs. The the fighting frogs, yeah. I I keep the fighting frogs down in the basement, down in the lower hole, because that's where it gets wet the most often. That's where it gets wet. Yeah. Yeah. They they get wetness down there. It's it's moist. Um, but yeah, they also, in this season, at one point, they came out with a Saberwolf-themed costume, the mm-hmm. Night Wolf costume, and they also did a Halo Spartan-type costume, uh, in Halo weapons, um, but that's, uh, they did the Night Wolf costume, like, very early, like, the first month of the season, and then I thought, like, oh, this is a sign of things to come, they might do, like, Banjo next month, and Conquer the month, they didn't. They didn't no. do it. No. Yet. Well, at least yet. Well, well, they did the spinal costume. I think the season beforehand. Oh yeah, they did that a while ago. Yeah, and, um, and so then they added yeah, the yeah. Night Wolf, and we were like, "Oh, they're going through all the the rare properties." You know, we're gonna get, uh, we're gonna be able to dress up as Horse Stachio. Uh, we're we're going to, <laughs> you know, look like uh, Rash does in Killer Instinct 2013 with uh, the Conquer head and the the yellow shorts and. Uh, no, no, none of that. Then they just went to Halo because uh, they they got on this Halo kick and because they, like, they like Beyonce or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, no banjo costume. I think that having a big old bear, like the way the Night Wolf costume is almost like you're wearing the pelt of a wolf. Yeah, uh, I would be into that if if there was a bear one. And I used to play this game. It was called Time Splitters Two. Uh and it's semi-relevant to Rare fans because it's made by Free Radical, which was spun off from some members that worked on the GoldenEye and Perfect Dark teams at Rare. You know, back the, all the good people that they, left Rare. They are literally the good people who left Rare. And they, and in the game, Time Splitters 2, 
they had a lot of wacky characters you could play as. And my go-to character, like, 90% of the time was this uh, bear that had, like, escaped from a circus. So it's just a bear in, like, a little vest and a fez. Yeah. But it's a full-sized bear. It's just a bear. But he runs around like he's bipedal. Um, I would like uh, them to put that guy in Sea of Thieves. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, at this point, Rare has been with Microsoft and Xbox Studios for over 20 years. So you're going to get references to other Xbox Studios properties, and that's fine, and I'm, I'm cool with it. But I'm like, hey, you're not done with the Rare. Where, where, where are my other Rare costumes, Rare? Come on. I, I, I know Halo excites uh, excites the people, but, you know, let, let me wear a Cooper's sweater from Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Yeah. Uh, or the, I was thinking they could do it like uh, the, the, uh, there was this game that never came out, like a tech demo type thing that Rare put together for like the Xbox Vision camera, like even before there was Kinect. Right. It was called the Fast and the Furious. The, the, the original time they used the name Fast and the Furious because then they were going to Yeah, not the kart racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was like these, you know, sports mini games where you play as these like uh, foam sports mascot characters and then using the vision camera, they put your face, they take a picture of your face and they put it in the hole in the mouth of the, like you're wearing a foam suit of Tip Top the Turtle and your your face is sticking out the mouth. Yeah. Uh, they should do that. And you get to be TT, the uh, living stopwatch man. Here's the thing, Jeff. Okay. I know I, I like part of my shtick is I want TT and Sea of Thieves because TT was in the was it the the unity build of sea of thieves and it, it, it like i said it was glorious but what tt was in that was he was a working clock and you could hang him up on the wall like he was basically uh an early version of a ship trinket and all i want is a clock that looks like tt that we can say plausibly is tt I don't want there to be some sort of magic stopwatch boy that you meet on an uncharted island who sends you on time trials. I'm not crazy. All I want is a clock that looks like TT. But I, I text that to Mike Chapman and he says, new phone, who dis? And I, it's just <laughs> like, you know what? I, I don't think it's so unreasonable considering it was already in a build of Sea of Thieves. I wouldn't be on this tear. I wouldn't be on this tangent if you didn't entice me with it. So yeah, that would that would be cool, you know, to hang a clock that looks like TT on your ship. Yeah, the foam TT suit probably wouldn't get you there as, no. as much. No, you couldn't say that that's TT. No, I will. It would only be like half a cup of cum, not a galleon. Yeah, it's like a sloop of cum or something. Um, but yeah, this season, I feel like the bulk of the season really was just discussing the PvP. There was some other stuff that went on throughout the season, some events, and a couple of adventures. And I think we kind of we can get through them kind of quickly. I don't have a ton yeah, to say. I don't but, either, really. And I, yeah. I, it, there were only two adventures when I when I was trying to like mentally prepare for this episode in my mind, and it was hard because there was a lot of news happening as we were, you know, getting ready for this episode. Uh, Super Mario Brothers movie final trailer, and then oh, Chunky Kong, and and Chunky Kong showed up in a, the, the 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 full expanded background of that poster, and you know, then there's a Donkey Kong Lego Jeff. Did you know about the Donkey Kong Lego that's coming out this summer? They've got so many new Donkey Kongs. I heard he's a monster truck. 
He's been a monster truck for a while, but yeah. I just woke up. Oh, okay. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I, w- I was trying to, like, think, okay, what happened in Season 8? And I was like, were there really only two adventures? That doesn't seem accurate. But, no, there were only two adventures. Yeah, there were only two. They they went on a hiatus after these two. And that is after they had gone on a tear of, like, a year straight of monthly adventures. I think they did... I think they might have done... 11 or maybe 12 uh, straight months of adventures. And then they said that they're doing a pause on those um, for a while. I think, well, season nine is coming and it's basically seems to be mostly like little quality of life updates because probably whatever they had originally planned, uh, they've pushed back. So it just seems like uh, Sea of Thieves team always coming out of the holidays Coming into the first, uh, you know, quarter of the year, they're always behind schedule, which makes sense because people take vacations around the holidays. No, they um, don't. So, Jeff, I haven't taken well, a vacation people, in, no, no, no. in people like years. Who, people who work at Rare get to take vacations. Oh, because you, you and me and the peons are here keeping the lights running. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the bourgeois. At freaking rare with their champagne and jetpacks and stuff. I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, they, they, my point is, yeah, the adventures took a break. They're probably going to come back later. Everything in this first half of the year always is a little bit slow, but we did have a couple. We did have a couple. Mm-hmm. And they kind of started this new plot thread, which made it even weirder that they went to a hiatus. Uh, because they started this plot thread about Tasha. Uh, from the tavern at Ancient Spire's Outpost, um, getting this, she's she's slowly being overcome by the Skelly Curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and yeah, you know, she doesn't even have to get to level one hundred in uh, Servants of the Flame. Yeah, yeah, she's she's actually speed running it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we it, it's this thing where Tasha. Uh, who who we know from the legendary storyteller Tall Tale had a relationship with Briggsy growing up before Briggsy uh, also reached level 100 with the Servants of the Flame. He got skeletonized. Um, and so she's like, hey, uh, I have these old, you know, uh, books from Briggsy. Maybe you follow in her footsteps and can figure something out for me. And so we go on this little Briggsy quest. Uh, this was called the Rogue's Legacy Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was pretty I don't know what the word is. It was it was quaint. It was kind of a a subdued adventure compared to some of the big flashy ones they had done uh more you know recently. Um it was just kind of you had to go and fight a couple of skeletons to get these keys and they would drop these pages for the the book and then using the book you'd go to an island and figure out where to dig up the chest that the key went to. Mm. And you'd get three che- three keys, three chests, bring it all back to Madame Olivia, and Bob's your uncle. Um, yeah, it, it's not one of those adventures that's going to stick with you, but at the time, it always feels like a nice breather fr- from the really, like, intense ones where, oh, the fate of this particular aspect of Sea of Thieves hangs in the balance. Uh, it, sometimes it's nice just to have something that's low-key, that nudges the narrative forward in, in minor ways, and allows you to experience something new and bespoke with your crew 
that that won't be around after the adventure. So it's it's just a uh, I don't know. Um, it's a nice change of pace, even if I'm struggling to remember all the little details. Something about uh, you got attacked by skeletons when you went to the islands, and you had to dig up the little uh, things Briggsy left behind. Like she left little traps, not traps, but test for Tasha. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the test of adventuring and the test of whatever it was basically like a book that she left that was like how to be an adventurer that's how it's framed and you go on these things and each trial was just like a if you could figure out how to find my chest then you've passed this test uh one of the quests was like uh it was a picture of four different potential spots to dig Mm. and then a clue that was just like dig at the one that is the old that is the oldest yeah and so one of them was an ancient cave painting, and one of them was like a, a a wooden, you know, fence, and one of them was like a tree. And you're like, well, obviously the ancient cave painting is the oldest, so you dig there. That was a really simple one. I think another one was like on Kraken's Fall. the The map showed like these little symbols at every Kraken skeleton on the island was marked with a symbol on the map. And then you had to follow some clue that was like, hit the midpoint between this kraken and the other kraken, and then you like look at the map and you'd be like, oh, okay, I dig here. They were they weren't very uh, difficult, but they were just little bespoke, uh, unique little riddles uh, or puzzles to do. Uh, and then you dug up the things and you took them to Brig to uh, not Briggsy to Olivia. Olivia, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I I like that they used Tasha for this. I think because Tasha was. A very sympathetic figure because because a lot of the uh, early NPCs of Sea of Thieves, the ones who populated the the taverns and the shops, uh, you know, there's criticism early on that they're not very memorable. They're they're just kind of bland uh, placeholders. But over time, they have done a good job of giving some of them character and greater importance to the lore or the expanded universe tasha got that little shine on her in the third tall tale where we learned about her backstory with briggsy and how she wants to be um an adventurer like like the briggsy of her youth and so we're we're sympathetic towards her we we know what makes her tick and so to have her potentially befall the same fate as Briggsy is something you naturally want to prevent, you know, if you have, you know, a soul, if, if you have a beating heart inside of you, if you're not a sociopath, then you're like, oh, let's help Tasha. Yeah, and then this brings into a plot thread of, we know from Briggsy's backstory that uh, in her skeletal form, she kind of was looking for a cure uh, for the skeleton curse. And this plot thread through these, these adventures kind of picked up on that and, and even showed that when she was alive, she was looking for the cure for the skeleton curse, just kind of like looking for ancient magic. Um, and that's kind of where we end up going, looking. Uh, one of the interesting things with this one is right at this time that this adventure came out, there popped up all these weird little like anomalies throughout the wilds uh, yeah. region of the of the world. Where on spots on the some of the islands, uh, just this little bubble would have a totally different climate than the normal wilds. All of a sudden, you'd step into this bubble, and like the grass and bushes and trees would be vibrant and green and beautiful, and even the the sky would be bluer and the sun would be brighter. 
and then you step out of that bubble and you're like, oh, outside of here, then the re- around it, it's all decrepit and, and decaying like the wilds is. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a mystery that I don't think has really been solved yet, like how that has tied into it. Uh, but it's, yeah, they're like memories of the past, I think, from bleeding through the Sea of the Damned, which I guess the wilds used to be nice. Yeah, I, th- I think they've been on record as like the wilds used to be a lot more verdant than it is now. It's basically Crocodile Isle now. It's got the same sort of similar aesthetic and vibe to it. So it, it's it's like I maybe it's the, the Sea of the Damned bleeding in, like the, the memories of what the wild used to be. I don't I don't really know. I Yeah, I think that the Dark Brethren might have alluded to that in the second adventure that we did. Yes, the which was the Secret Wilds, which went into this a little bit more. Yeah. Um so we could talk right about that one uh cuz it carried on the story. That one came out I guess in probably January. Uh the Secret Wilds adventure just continued this thread. We we were we're still dealing with Tasha and, and Olivia um and uh, Aliv- Madame Olivia gives us Briggsy's iconic mask, the kind of, uh, it's like a masquerade mask, but also a little bit like a, one of those plague doctor plague, masks. Plague doctor, yeah, which became very popular, uh, in 2020, just, just cause, oh, pandemic, yeah, let's, let's all go as a plague doctor for Halloween. Everyone, cause everyone at the same time decided to play the... The first expansion to Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you get the mask. And the mask also has a gemstone in its eye, a red ruby uh, eyeball. And as it turns out, just we're, we're coming to learn, anytime a skeleton has a gemstone in their eye, it's definitely ancient magic. Um, but we can use this mask. We can hold it up to our face and look through it. And looking through the gem, through the red ruby tint... Uh, it allows us to see constellations in the sky that are not there. Like we see a different night sky, and it it, can, it points out uh, these constellation shapes. And then you had the quest book, and you went uh, looking for locations where you had to like uh, go to an island and look around and line up a constellation. And like, okay, there's a spider. If you stand in the right spot, all the lines will line up and draw a picture of a spider. Yeah. And if you could find that spot, then you know where to dig and you would dig up, you know, one of Briggsy's items, which was a really fun, actually pretty interesting, um, little gameplay hook. Yeah. The, the the, the, I like that. This wasn't just the uh, original constellation tall tale with, suds uh i I like that it wasn't just repeating that motif they were actually doing something a little different with it and like had had different mechanics it had a different style of what you needed to do uh it it was unique and my my only complaint was that while you're trying to like line up the stars you would inevitably get attacked by ocean crawlers and phantoms and it just it's like all right calm down Calm down. I'm just trying to do this. I don't want to get stabbed by a ghost while I'm looking at the spider in the sky. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely, I think ever since they added Ocean Crawlers and Phantoms, the the frequency of just being attacked by random shit yeah. while you're trying to do a quest has gone way up. Um, but yeah, the, just that 
that uh, that activity of like trying to line up the picture while looking through the thing that was really fun, and you kind of had to use some of the clues to figure out where to look. Um, and then it ultimately culminated with actually seeing Briggsy's ghost uh, manifest from the memory of Briggsy. Yeah, so it, it wasn't becoming a real ghost. It wasn't Briggsy's actual spirit. It was the memory of Briggsy, which then manifested like the phantoms into. A, a ghostly form, but then, uh, it's been so long. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I drink a lot, so it's hard to remember. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, all through this, we also were finding these like journals, uh, and things of the dark brethren, right. Are kind of on the trail. Also looking for what Briggsy was looking for. The, the dark brethren are sort of the, the secondary, rogues faction um the the i guess i shouldn't use rogues in in the context of sea of thieves they're the, they're the villainous faction who are uh aside from flameheart they they are they have their own machinations they have their own wants and desires and they're they're made up of some various figures from throughout the last five years of sea of thieves uh figures who have either been villainous or have a villainous bent or have broke bad and had a heel turn like Duke. Um, they, they, they've come together and they're um, they're plotting and scheming aside from what's happening with Flameheart and the Servants of the Flame. Right. Yeah. So the Dark Brethren were on the trail the whole time as well. And I think in the end, they, uh, they basically blackmail Briggsy into coming with them. They're like, we could we could fuck up Tasha if you don't come with us or, or something like that. Yes. Uh so so Briggsy goes with them. And that's kind of the cliffhanger that we end on. Um and we take that information back to Madame Olivia. Um but yeah, Briggsy was uh looking for this cure for the skeletons and it all tied into uh what we also learned through previous adventures that the ancients uh have you know moved on to live in the sea of the damned mm-hmm. and uh it turns out that there is like some kind of secret temple in the sea of the damned with that's guarded by some shadow monsters or something that i'm very interested to see where that goes oh because remember sure. that page in the book that had those monsters and stuff yeah i'm like well what what is this gonna be so yeah I, i'm excited if we're actually gonna go to the sea of the damned and 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 explore this temple um which seems to be where they're building which, to. Which, which was also uh, uh, alluded to in the novel Heart of Fire. So yes, um, right. yeah, and and Briggsy's back now in a roundabout fashion. Uh, Briggsy became this very popular figure from early in the Tall Tales, the, the initial batch of Tall Tales, and you fought her as the Skelly, and she had the infamous quote that was spammed incessantly: "I didn't ask to be cursed." And she she became, like, just visually she was striking and she became one of the favorite characters of Sea of Thieves. And now they found a way to bring her back. Um, her memory has been made real. Her memory has been made um, tangible. She is now going with the Dark Brethren. And so Briggsy is back, but in this pre-skeletal form. Yeah, somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> right. Uh, but it... it- uh, it ended there on a cliffhanger, 
but yeah, it, it, lots of interesting little threads uh, that they're kind of setting up for the next. Because a lot of the, all the a lot of the previous threads of the adventures were basically building up the confrontation between Flameheart's forces and Ramsey's forces, and that culminated with we know that Flameheart uh, is got his body back. He's done a ritual to get his corporeal form back. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then we that's, you know, we're, we're engaged in the Battle of the Sea of Thieves. Uh, like a full-on, essentially, war is going on. Um, but now that that has been set up, all of that has been kind of play, paid off, now they're like, okay, well, the, well, the next plot thread is this adventure into the, you know, ancient temples and the dark brethren and briggsy and all that so we'll see where that goes later this year um but yeah that 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 was it that was it for the season two adventures uh and you know they did they did their usual festival stuff around the holidays with grogmanay and the um other stuff but that's uh that's pretty much all of season eight. It's been yeah. kind of slow going the past couple months. The the only other thing I think worth really bringing up is new Golden Sands outpost. Oh where, shit! How did I not think to put that in the notes? Well, I mean, you're you're kind of traumatized because they're veering on renaming it, which will make your blog seem very quaint because only. Uh, only old grandfathers will know what it's on about because that nobody will know the name Golden Sands Outpost. Yeah, it's weird. It's like okay, uh, I named my blog after Golden Sands Outpost, and now they go around and they're they're turning it into the very first fully developed port town. Yeah. in Sea of Thieves, which is very cool. It's it's cool. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it almost feels a little bit like your mom got a boob job, <laughs> and you're just like. Well, that's not for me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't know why they did that. Uh, so, but this has been the gradual buildup. This is, uh, a, first of all, it's the effect. It is the after effect of a community decision that happened in one of the adventures, uh, the Lost Sands adventure, I think it was called, uh, that were basically, they said, Pick a side. Represent the Reapers and destroy Golden Sands, or represent Merrick and the good guys and protect and pres- uh, preserve Golden Sands. And the community all kind of played out in that event, and the good guys won. And so now the effect is that they've been developing Golden Sands into a full-on port town to stop it from ever, you know, being taken over by the Reapers again. They're like, no, we're building it up, and it's going to be awesome. Uh and that has played out mostly throughout season eight in bits and pieces of it just gradually becoming more developed. Yeah. And it's been striking to to have this because it's architecture unlike anything else in Sea of Thieves. We're so used to sort of the ramshackle outpost, you know, made of, of wood and found materials and Gilligan's Island style, you know. Uh, we're gonna put make a, a radio out of a coconut, but here we've got stone structures, and it, it's um, robust. And you, they have like a they have like a sewer. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, have like yeah, ru- you know, you know where the poop goes, and that's something that Sea of Thieves has never adequately explained is where everybody be pooping at. 
even when they added the ability for burying your own treasures, <laughs> they still are like, oh, we can dig holes, but where's the poop button? Uh, but yeah, it's cool seeing every shop and every like feature, like the the gold hoarder tent and the the little shack under you know where the uh, order of souls is underneath the 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 building. All of that stuff is now being developed into full fledged little you know buildings and and settings and like the tavern is huge and cool they actually kind of featured this when they 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 had the biggest update to this uh right before the holidays where like a large portion of the main like city square was developed and some of the outer islands were still kind of being uh developed but but they like the the main buildings and tavern was all all came out Right before they did this stream, uh, called the Orb Stream, where I guess they did the same thing last year. They they do this thing where this is so hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> they they have this snow globe lantern. Uh huh. And last year they had a stream where they just had a shot of that lantern, like in a tavern. And it just went on for hours, and every so often a character would like walk into the back of the scene, and it would tease like they'd say a couple lines, and it would tease plot developments that are coming. Um, and so they did the same thing this year. They're like, it, they, you know, the everyone everyone started calling it the orb, right? Because the orb is telling us the secrets, but it's just a snow globe. And uh, anyway, so they did it this year. They're like, everybody, go to the tavern at Golden Sands, and we're gonna. We're going to turn the lights on, the Christmas lights on, and it'll be this big event. It, it, we're all going to watch it happen live. And then it happened, and it was literally just like Christmas decorations blinked into existence. It didn't feel like a, you know, I, I was thinking it was going to be like Tinkerbell magic. Uh-huh. You know, like some sparkles will, will you know, f- flow over the scene, and then you'll see the, 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 the wreaths and things gradually appear. No, it was just like snap your fingers and everything blinked on well jeff it's probably because you didn't believe hard enough and she died when i when i shake that little bell from the polar express i don't hear shit uh but yeah uh then they did this thing they did like a little trailer that showed like flame hearts forces kidnapping the orb and then taking it to the secret reapers hideout layer and then briggsy showed up and uh i don't remember everything but Anyways, it was that whole thing was mainly just cool because it was the first time we got to explore Golden Sands. We're like running around the island and they're like, "Look, there's a sewer." Yeah, now yeah, it's it's cool. I still don't know my way around. It's it's frustrating yeah. to be at an outpost, you know, which is where you go to quickly cash things in. You know, oh, let's let's get, let's get our treasure sold. Let's let's do everything we need to do. I get lost. I don't know where I'm going anymore because it's 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 it's, it's a town. It's confusing, and uh, so it's going to take some time to get used to. And right now, it's still yeah. You, you're from go- Virginia. They they don't really have towns in virginia so much as just like random shacks right yeah right but at least you know we're not drunk all the time so we don't you know stumble around and fall over uh you're not drunk if you can still drive that's not funny no, anyway no um, don't 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 fall jeff's not a role model everyone don't follow his example i don't i don't drive a drunk or drink and drive that's terrible but 
So anyway, uh, New Golden Sands. It's what it's called right now, New Golden Sands Outpost. But it sounds like they're changing its name. When, when everything is finally done, they're building a statue right now, and the statue is under a tarp. It looks like a spooky ghost. It does. It looks like a, a Scooby-Doo ghost. Yeah, but uh, it, it's assumed that the statue is going to be for Merrick, right? Like, obviously, that's where this is going, because Merrick is canonically dead he's his ghost is still around because what does death mean in this game it's weightless even if you even if you're a a destroyed skeleton you can come back as a memory and become a real person again it's nonsense this game is stupid but anyway (laughs) it's going to be it's probably going to become uh what merrick town uh merrickville port merrick port merrick Merrickvania. the thing it's it's it kind of feels like if your mom got a boob job and then changed her name uh and you're just like, I don't even know you anymore. Uh, but no, it's fine. I'm not going to change the name of my blog. That's for sure. Uh, it'll just be a legacy reference that that the you know if you know you know. But these but the new kids who join Sea of Thieves and they look at my blog, they're going to be like, "What's Golden Sands blog post? That doesn't mean anything." And I'll have to just uh, I'll tell them, "Hey, too much screen time before bed. You know, get offline." Um. But yeah, I, 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 I think that they're almost done. I think that there's just a couple more buildings that need to be finished. Then they're going to probably unveil the statue, change the name, etc. They can't call it Golden Sands anymore because there's no more sands, really. They mm. covered up all the beautiful beaches with rocks. Uh, but, yeah, I think, Kyle, you're acting like you're waiting for me to say a, a funny punchline to end the episode on, and I can't do it. I don't have any. You're going to have to bail me out. I was just thinking about your mom's boob job, <laughs> and I have to say, I am a fan. Yeah, you're you're about to produce galleons of cum. This has been a File 2 production. Que rico.